Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Michael Pyle, Managing Partner at Challenge Everything Financial. He is passionate about being a transparent financial planner that helps sales professionals level up their relationship with money. Michael, thanks for joining me on this episode today. Excited to have you. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate you uh, you having me, man. Totally. And tell us about your story. I know uh, I love hearing about it, so um, I'm sure everyone else will as well. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the the, the two minute version of it because I can get wordy. But uh, started my career uh, in sales. I grew up with my dad in pharmaceutical sales, and I just always thought that was a it was a cool. Like he always had good stories, so I thought, hey, like I think that's what I want to do after college. And um, got into healthcare sales after a few years of kind of the grind and 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 some other outside selling opportunities. And after a few short years, I was already sick of it and, and burnt out and um, realized I do not like this. And along that same time, I kind of fell uh, into just some of like the, the personal finance community. So I think a lot of people, their, their um, kind of first personal finance drug is Dave Ramsey, right? Like the guy that uh, yells at people over, over his radio show and, um, and tells people to get out of debt. And I was in debt at the time. I really enjoyed uh, hearing, uh, candidly hearing him yell at people. Um, it was in, entertaining, but educating and just motivating for me to kind of get out of debt. After that, um, I realized eh, I'm like not a huge fan of like a lot of the other advice he gives. And they're just, it was kind of, it was the same stuff over and over. So I uh, stumbled across the financial independence community. So for a lot of folks, it's if you see like the acronym FIRE, so financial independence, retire early. Um, I don't care so much about the retire part, but the financial independence where you get your your assets, your, your, your investments to cover your living expenses. So you didn't have to work if you don't want to like that, I could get down with. Right. So it was like, I fell into that. And at the same time that I kind of um, started to realize I'm going to go back to school to get a formal education in financial planning. So I went back and got my master's and, um, and after a little in between the start and finish of the master's program decided, yeah, I want to be a financial planner. Um, so I, I, I finished the program, took a test, passed it, and then filed immediately for my paperwork for uh, to get my fir own firm up and running. I I thought about joining another firm, but honestly, man, like it, <laughs> no other firm that I like talked to was it had my values. Like they 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 charge a certain way that I didn't agree with, or they tried to push a certain product that I didn't agree with, and so I just thought, you know what, the best thing I think I can do is just start this on my own. So. I started it and it was, this was November of last year. Um, and I started marketing myself on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and I had blocked everybody from my company. Right. So I, I, at the, at the time I was working with a software company, 250 people strong. Mm -hmm. I blocked them all on LinkedIn because my, my strategy was I'm going to market myself to sales professionals. Cause that's who I wanted to work with. Right. Like that's yeah. who I was. And I felt like I can provide a really good value to salespeople because I've literally been in their shoes, right? So I um, I started marketing myself on LinkedIn and how do you build trust? Well, you talk about some of the bad things in life. So I talked about some of my kind of the toxic corporate sales culture that I think anybody can relate to if they've been in sales long enough. 
and I got some early hits, um, some early wins, if you will, on the marketing side. Unfortunately, I got a big loss because a few weeks after I started marketing myself on LinkedIn, my boss had gotten apparently several several screenshots from some partners of ours that said, like, what's this guy doing? Like, I thought he worked for you. And long story short, my company said, we don't want anybody that's half in on our business and and half on, on their own. Um, so even though I hit quota, exceeded quota the two years I was there, uh, my company decided they wanted to part ways, um, which honestly, looking back, man, like it's, I've only been in this thing. Uh, what is this uh, August? So, I mean, I, not even, you know, the full year yet that like officially firm up and running and ready to roll. And I already am like, I'm pumped that this happened to me. Now, one thing I wasn't pumped for, um, I had close to $50,000 in commission that, that I had already sold the deal, but the way they paid out commission, they, uh, you have to be with the company when you, you know, to get the payout. So, um, most salespeople probably can understand that because if you ever leave a company, and you have trailing commissions, they typically just cut it off. Um, some companies do it. What I think of is the right, you know, fair way to do it. Uh, unfortunately, my, my prior company, who I love, like I, it was the best company I ever worked for. Um, but unfortunately, they decided to, uh, yeah, just cut it off. So that that part was the only thing I would say I regret. Everything else, though, man, it's been it's been a fun ride this year for sure. Man, so they just cut that off. The, the 50K was just gone. I mean, no, no remorse for the the guy with kids and a family to take care of. Dude, it was nuts. I, um, cause again, 250 people, like I knew a lot of them, you know, I see him almost every day at the office and I like, I'll never forget like the time I was there, like the HR team, for example, who hired me and like, we were always like really nice and just, and the VP of HR, like when I, when, you know, she's on the phone, the, the call that they say I'm, I'm done. And I asked about commissions. And she just goes straight up cold on me and just like, well, well, per the per the contract, the commission contract that you saw. And I'm like, remember, I'm still a person, right? Like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, can we can we not do the whole like cold? This is just, you know, it's business, not personal. Like I just so uh, to be honest, though, it fueled my fire even more. And I think in 20 years that that interaction, that that scenario is going to continue to fuel my fire. and prove my point to other salespeople because most salespeople, if you haven't been let go or haven't been put on a performance improvement plan, haven't got to work with a boss that you absolutely can't stand, like you're going to do it at some point. Like it's inevitable. If you've got a 30, 40 year career, you're going to run through some things that you can't stand. So to me as a financial planner, my goal with every client is to get them to be able, able to retire early. I'm not saying that they have to, if they love their job, awesome. Like incredible. In fact, like I'm not pro or uh, against, you know, the corporate world, but I am against somebody staying in a job they absolutely hate and feel stuck in because financially they can't get out. You know what I mean? Right. No, that makes so. sense. And I know you talked about, you know, you were alongside Dave Ramsey and you didn't really believe in a lot of his, um, a lot of his rules. So is that part of the reason why you named your company challenge everything financial? You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no, I appreciate the, uh, the tea up there. Cause I, uh, I, you know, like any business owner, you spend a, probably too much time trying to figure out your, your business name. And I would always text myself ideas of, of, you know, what, what I thought would be cool, um, and challenge everything financial. I just kept coming back to it and it's, it's, you know, a lot of people, they call their own firm, like something out of their own, like, you know, name, um, you know, their first or last name or something or their initials. 
I wanted the idea of my firm to be much, much bigger than I will ever be. And that is when my life, my life got better the moment I started challenging the the status quo and challenging what what we get brought up like in every day, right? Like you, you like the, the typical person in America, it's like you, you, you go to elementary school, then you go to high school, you go to college because your parents probably want you to, or or you want to, and you get a an entry-level job that pays you pretty crappy. And you bust your butt, you, you climb the corporate ladder and you save a little bit, you have some kids you, and, a, and a spouse and you work for 40 years and you retire at 65 and you have 10 years to, to travel um, and, and then your health starts to decline. So you you did all this stuff for 10, maybe 10 years, maybe a lot of people get disabled before they even hit retirement age. But it's like you do all this stuff for for what, man, like to to work for somebody else, to make them rich, not you. And you just you but you 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 follow the rules, right? Like you went to college, you you save 10%. This should this is the American dream. And it's just like that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Sorry, my pardon my language, but like I, I just didn't want it. So challenging just the status quo and like what we've been told. Um, uh, I think if more people just took a second to think about it, they're gonna come up with a much better life. So I mean, that's something I do with every client is sit down and go, like, what do you value in life? And it's I I I'm going to guess most of the people aren't going to say, oh, I love the 2023 XX car or like my big, <laughs> like that's important. Like I, I want nice things too, but I don't want them more than freedom. So to me, like I want to make sure I'm, and that's what I do with my LinkedIn marketing, at least I try to is, is kind of bridge the gap, I think, and, and kind of show people, Hey, you don't, it doesn't have to always be retire at 65 or go all in on the fire movement and retire at 30. Like you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. You just got to do it intelligently. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those, um, those same kind of posts on LinkedIn where it's, um, and, and I'm sure you've seen it and I'm probably absolutely butchering it. So, um, but it's the, the thing where it's like, Hey, look, if I offered you $10 million today, would you take it? And of course everybody says, yeah, of course I would take it. That sounds great. Thanks. And then they say, well, what if I told you, you can't wake up tomorrow? And everyone obviously says no. And they're like, well, so you're saying that waking up tomorrow is worth more than $10 million. And it's a super cheesy cliche. Um, but it's something about that freedom that I think is so, um, you know, so craved by everybody and the, the ability to wake up and have that time because time is the most important currency. And um, just being able to live on your own, you know, terms is, is so important. So how are you helping people make sure that they can live on their own terms. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's kind of twofold, right? Like, sure, there's the tactical ways that that financial planners are, you know, paid to do. That's what everyone thinks is, oh, we have, you know, investment knowledge or tech. And, and sure, right, we, right. But like, there has to, it's it has to start. And this sounds, you know, cheesy and cliche too, but it's very true. Like, if you don't have a why, if you don't have a good enough reason to to do something long term, you're not going to do it. You might do it for few months, even a few years. Um, but like for me, for example, I, uh, I'm i 36 now. So when I was 30, 31, I can't remember the exact time. Like I remember doing the math and going, okay, I can save enough. I should be able to retire at age 46. So 46 was like the the, the age that I, that I told myself I'm going to retire. And I was like, I, I don't think I can make it. Like I while, and this is when I worked for a company that I really liked, I, I've liked a lot of the companies I worked for, at least early on. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was one of those things where, man, from age 30 to 40, so like 15, 16 years of your life, your one life that you get, why am I sitting here like trying to 
just grind this job out that I can't stand, even if I'm saving a bunch and I retire 20 years earlier than the norm, but I just miss, you know, all my kids growing up or we didn't do fun stuff when they were young or my wife and I, you know, started to, to drift apart because we like, rather than going on a date, I decided I'd rather, you know, save more. And so, um, but getting fired was probably the best thing for me. I, and in fact, I, I would say it probably like almost assuredly was because it provided me a lot of clarity. And even though my income is going to be probably less than half of what it was um, even last year, I have the, I'm the happiest I've ever been in a, in a job sense. Um, I, I still feel like I have waves to go from, you know, from a, a, a spouse and a, and a father, but um, I, I think you spend so long in a job, right? Eight hours a day, 40 plus hours a week. If you want, if you can't say that you're happy with that, like, we got to change some things, you know, it's not about saving, saving, saving is going to get you out of that crap. It's, it's what changes can you make to, to, to be happy with the big chunk of time that you do, like what you do in the day to day. How has, uh, having your own business, how has that either upped or um, maybe cut a little bit of your time with your family? Sounds like to me, it, it potentially has increased it a lot, but um, how has that changed? Yeah, that's that's a tough question. It's a it's been a roller coaster, um, and would probably take too long to get into. But at this point, it's I'm probably I'm I'm very happy with what we're doing because of my wife and I. It's opened a level of communication that we just weren't having. I think money, the amount of money I was making, she's been you know primarily a stay at home mom for her career, and I was gradually getting more and more and more. And we just like stopped talking about some things because it was just like oh, it was easy because I would just pay for it, you know and um, I, I don't know if I can answer like the, the timing thing because it's starting a new business, right? Like it's always time consuming, but the goal, the vision for me is this is absolutely a lifestyle business. I'm not looking to build this, you know, 10,000 person firm or, or, or build these massive, you know, campuses or like I'm a one man guy, one man show. Um, I might, might have up to one to two employees at some point in the future, but what I want is just the the ability to to pick and choose where I spend my time. So rather than just get every client possible and make as much money as possible, um, the clarity that that I've had in the, just in the last year alone has been like, you know what? I don't need to make X amount. Like I can be happy rather than 100 clients. Like why not 50? Why not 30? Like what what does it take to where my wife and I both get to work a job we love? She's a nurse and she loves doing it. Um, if I love doing financial planning, like if we can both love and enjoy it, why not we both work a little bit and then have a lot more time on our hands, not make as much money, but who cares? Like money's the tool, right? Right. No, hundred percent. Is that the same thing that you're going through with um, some of the sales professionals that you're talking to and working with? Um, just making sure that, you know, they are able to, if they want to retire at a certain time that they can. Obviously, I know you mentioned already that if they want to keep working, you know, more power to them. They like their job, but that they have the ability to retire. Yeah, and I, I, I really just want to show them that if they even create just a little bit of space, they can do some really cool things. So prior to me getting fired, I my, the goal was I'm going to work for a few more years in this role and save up all my commissions and that way I've got plenty of runway to where even if I didn't get a single client for years, I would be covered. 
And um, it didn't happen that way. And that's fine because I already have clients and I'm about two, I think two clients left for the rest of the year that I need to be covered. And which is great. Like, I, I think if people just understand the numbers uh, and that's why I love working with people who have that itch of like, I think I want to start something. It's much more attainable than you think. And you just, you start at one, like, Hey, what do you think you need for retirement? And let them like kind of share like what their thoughts are. And man, you peel that onion back and you're like, actually, you know, you do this, you tweak this, do this a little differently. You, you know, you go a little faster here. Like you kind of start to see the wheels turning and you, you truly see people get excited for their career versus it's the, 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 I call the, the uh, corporate hamster wheel of death where it's like, you're just, you're living, man. That's about it. And and living is uh, like, it's more like you're dying, right? Cause it's like, you go to, to work and you're, you're sitting in the cubicle and you're sending out you know, emails and, and it's, you're collecting a paycheck, but that's about it. Like, I, I don't know, man, I, some people I know can do it and are very happy with it and kudos to them. Uh, but my guess is most salespeople, at least, especially ones that have been around for a bit are, are getting tired of getting pushed around or, or, you know, territories change, quotas going up, pay staying the same boss sucks. Product is a lot. Like there's so many things that I think uh, you get tired of after even just a few short years. So if I can show somebody, hey, there's another, there's a whole another uh, option that that people don't talk about. Like that's that that's huge for me. Like I love that. I, that lights me up. I love it. And what are what are some of the big questions that people come to you asking? I mean, obviously they're mostly sales professionals, right? Are they coming to you and they're just asking, hey, how do I? Um, how do I retire early? Is that the question that they're asking, or are they coming to you with more simple questions sometimes? I think it always start, maybe not always, but mostly always starts with like the simple questions. Um, that's what, and to be honest, I love that I had a, such a long career in sales because if I've learned anything in my sales career, it's the, the thing that they're telling you is never the actual thing, right? Like, so people, right. I sat down with a guy yesterday for lunch and he's like, he's like, man, I just pay too much in taxes. And like there, that was like his, the impetus for the for the meeting, right? But it's like you start digging in, you kind of find out, like, well, yeah, I'm like not really happy with my job, and I was kind of like, it's just funny. You start kind of again peel the onion back, ask ask the, the second layer questions, and and you start to realize a lot of a, a lot of people are the same. They may have a different reason for coming to you, um, but the other thing in sales is the tough part of, and I, this is something I'm still not quite used to. Um, because I've always done corporate sales where I'm selling a large, you know, clients, right. Business to consumer. This is truly like, like this is like consumer to consumer, if you will. Right. Uh, business to consumer. Um, the, the, the folks that, that talk to me, they, they have a lot going on emotionally. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's buying a house or maybe it's, you know, lowering taxes. Maybe they're just confused if they have enough saved for, you know, their, their kids college fund. At the end of the day, they're like the, the the biggest things that that boil down to somebody actually making a change is if they feel pain or they see that they could have a gain. Like that's what we get taught in sales. And it's, it is very true. Um, the people that come to me more often than not, are they're in pain for some reason, right? They're worried about something in the future. And if they can come to me and I can understand where they're coming from. And that's where I think, again, my value lies with my history in sales. The, that that's just the the layer of comfort I can offer or the ability that once they're done meeting with me, their confidence is through the roof like that. And again, that lights me up too, which is great. The funny thing is nothing at that point has happened on paper, right? Like no moves have been made, just simply right. talk, listening, 
um, it's like, it's almost like, it's like 80% of the work is just like allowing them to kind of like bounce ideas off you. It, do you ever feel like you're partly a therapist? I've had that conversation on a few of these um, podcasts, but do you ever feel that way with some of your clients where you're just like you just said, they're bouncing ideas off of you talking about their feelings and, and you're providing them with, Hey, yeah, you know, this is normal. Um, it's normal to feel that way. X, Y, and Z are the answer. Um, how, how, how has that been a part of your um, practice? Uh, so uh, almost everybody that I've talked to at like a deeper level than just like the intro um, yeah. has said, and you, you like sound like a therapist. Uh, I take it as a huge compliment because it means I'm I'm listening. I'm I'm truly like trying to understand because I am. I, this isn't a ploy to like make a sale or you know get a new client. It's I want to know more than 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 you know what your your tax return said last year. Right. Uh, but I also have to be careful because I'm not a licensed therapist, and I know that you know I know enough. I, I got a financial therapy certificate um, in my master's program because I saw how much of a need from the behavioral side of money that that. It's important to be able to connect with folks. I actually, in my practice, have partnered with several financial therapists, which it's it's kind of a newer thing. A lot of people like financial therapy, like what is that? It's kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's therapy, but they're more focused on on the on the kind of the why and and like the behavioral side of of money. Um, and so I I outsource that to the to the uh, the, the true professionals. But I do have I, I know enough to be dangerous, right? Like. Um, I, I, I think it's important and I think my impact will be, will be shown through the actions that are taken again, like, sure, I can put a perfect plan together, but it's, it's not perfect. Um, it's, it's nowhere. It's not even good if they just put like, look at it and just put it on the shelf and it collects dust. So I think having somebody on the behavioral side, kind of add in coaching alongside of what I'm doing with them, um, is really important to get people to actually like push through and, and kind of remove the barriers that maybe were there or are there currently. Got it. And I want to circle back to something real quick. Um, I know you mentioned that this is, I mean, you're not even on your full first year of business, right? Right. Yep. Correct. Cool. So do you have any advice for anybody who is maybe considering taking the leap? They want to start out on their own. They just, they don't have the courage to do it yet. Maybe they uh, like you mentioned, maybe they are even a sales professional and they've got a bunch of commissions. They know that they are going to lose like, like you did. And so they're just worried about what's going to happen if they, they jump and fall. What advice would you give them? Um, don't market yourself on LinkedIn. So <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, I, I, I feel so strongly that everybody should have something because think about it. You get cut from a, your day job. It's one income gone, right? One down to zero. Me, like let's let's say I, I in a couple of years I have the 40 or 50 clients. Well, if I get fired by one or two or 10 clients, that, that doesn't take my entire income away. So I personally think diversifying your income is an incredibly important and valuable thing to do. So for them to start out, just think like take some time and think about what you actually would want to do. Cause I think most people, again, they're just they're so busy in life. And I get it, man. I got four kids and are six. Like I get busy, right? Like I get it. Um, but you've got to be a little selfish and take some time to think like, what do you actually want to do? What do you want your life to be? Um, and hopefully it's not the, you know, do the whole save 10% retire 65. Like that's fine. If that's, if, if it's, if that's truly what makes you happy, then do it. I'm just guessing that most people can't agree with that. So there are plenty of steps 
you can do in the background that that your company will have no idea about. Um, and a tactical thing, don't do it on your work computer uh, because they can track that. You know, like, and I don't know if that's what happened to me. I uh, I think it was solely on, on LinkedIn marketing, but I I do think you know being able to understand a business um, like what you would think about find the people and do this online on LinkedIn because they're all over the place. Find the people that are a couple years ahead of you. It, it's a cliche, typical thing to say, but it's very true. Like I talked to a ton of different financial planners and that was that was the reason why I was like, I'm starting my own thing because I don't like what what all these people that I've met are, are about. And um, it, it kind of finally started to like, I honed in on really what I wanted wanted my life to be and what I wanted my business to be after talking with people that have already done it. Right. So, um, similar to like what we talked about prior to hitting the record button, like I'm going to start a podcast later. Who am I going to go to guys like you, right? You've done it. So why, why, you know, if you're gracious enough to give me the time of day, like why spend my wheels, uh, you know, for X amount of hours when I could just go straight to somebody who's done, because man, I am more than willing to give free advice on starting a business to anybody. In fact, I've done it. I don't know how many times already this year, like just be being vocal by being vocal on LinkedIn. People think that I've like had this successful business. I'm like, like, it's, it's fine. Like it's definitely in the infancy stages, but just like being a little bit ahead of people, people want to talk to you and, and, and want to hear like how they can do it too. No, that I love that. And you talked a little bit about if someone loses their job, right, they need to have other income sources. What are some of the ways that you're helping? Maybe it's sales professionals or even family and friends that um, maybe they come to you for advice, but they want some information on, hey, if I lose my job, how am I going to do this? So are you helping them start businesses? Are you helping them invest in you know other opportunities? Maybe it's real estate, um, whatever that might be. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one that I, you know, looking back, if I, you know, knew what I know now, um, I would have put more money into liquid uh, and meaning, meaning like accessible accounts, right? So, uh, you know, I packed in my retirement funds and those are accessible to a degree with certain strategies. Um, but for me specifically, um, and, and to others who maybe are looking at doing this, um, you could save it in a high yield savings account there right now they're paying four or 5%. Like that's pretty phenomenal, especially like in my lifetime. Right. Um, but having like a taxable brokerage account where it kind of gives you the flexibility, right? You get, you get, a, a, everyone here's taxable brokerage account. Don't know what it is. It's think of it like a bank account that you can invest that money. So just like you would with your retirement funds, you can invest in the same things plus a whole lot more. Um, and as long as you have a sound strategy in place, you can invest that money and it can grow or it could fall, could fall. So you got to be careful. Like it's all based on timing, right? So if you're going to sit there and say, I want to cut the cord in two years, you know, probably your, your, your investments should reflect that time period. But if you're like, I, I don't know what I want to do, but I think maybe in 10 years I want to do, if I hear that, I'm like, okay, let, let's start a different fund that's outside your retirement account that you can grow your money because most likely historically speaking at a 10 year period, you're going to grow your money at some degree. And the best shot is most likely in the stock market. Um, in that real estate could be an example too, but, um, being able to have access to that cash is the most important, right? So real estate might not be the greatest because if it's tied up in a house, like what if the, you know, the housing crisis or whatever, like, um, yeah. 
it's all relative. So I would just say how have outside accounts that you can just slowly put a little bit in, whether it's a hundred bucks a month, if it's a thousand, like however aggressive you think you want to be in starting this business and how much you think you'll need. Like for me, my overhead costs were very minimal. A few things of, of software for you know, financial planning software and whatnot. Um, and I'm up and running. So some people, they may need a much larger cash out, uh, outlay. Uh, if that's the case, then obviously you need to save accordingly. I know you, you've you kind of been a mentor to some other people. Have you ever had a mentor yourself? Never had more mentors than I have this year. Nice. You know, career, I think I was always told, well, get a mentor, get a mentor. And I did a few times and they were great. But um, this was the much more organic, like the amount of financial planners that I met in the community. Um, and then really, honestly, just anybody that I've kind of connected with um, through LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been huge for me, um, not just from a business growth perspective, but just my personal growth. Um, I've got guys that I text almost daily about like, you know, just challenge, like push-up challenges. I mean, I, I got a guy, like I, I met that's like, we just, we hit it off. And it's like, I got a guy that I, that I met that um, him and I, like first conversation, we literally were crying on the, on a video call together. Wow. Just like went super deep and no, we didn't expect that. Yeah. But off and now we like just chat every now and then like through, via text. Like it's just, it's been really cool, man, to, um, to, to see the differences and, and where I'm looking. I, I'm not even necessarily looking It's just, I'm stumbling across these people just because I've been active on LinkedIn just about every day for the last, you know, eight or nine months. Has, has being active on LinkedIn, have you seen just exponential growth? I mean, when you started, it was probably very minimal uh, engagement interaction. You know, no one's probably, hey, Michael, could uh, could we could we talk? You're probably not getting many of those. But when did the turning point kind of happen? When did you start seeing results from LinkedIn? Ironically, early, early on, I um, like January, February timeframe, I had already gotten several folks that like said they were interested in chatting and um, I haven't quite gone back full, full into this strategy, but it was when I was talking a lot about toxic corporate culture. And I think that really resonated with people because a lot of salespeople have been mistreated in some form or fashion. Um, and I think that resonated. I also don't necessarily want to be known as like the negative guy, you know, like, um, so, I mean, I do occasionally throw in a little bit of, of the toxic corporate culture, but to be honest, I would say, after that, the really the big turning point was um, right after my son was born, and I truly went like full time because uh, my wife was working for a good chunk of the beginning of this year, and I went full time. And I and I had already had a few months of of decent engagement and whatnot, and I was finding my voice, and I started to just be more of myself, man. Like I joke around a lot, I use humor, I'm sarcastic as hell, and and you know the. <laughs> They like, don't do that because people won't understand. And you're right. Some people don't understand. Um, I reach out to people um, cold sometimes. And I, and I say stuff that, that I would probably have never said in my, my sales career because I was put in this box and I, it, I wanted to be nice and comfy. But to me, I'm like, I'm just being myself and I'm, it's kind of like, I'm not trying to brag, like it's paying off in dividends, just being like, who, who knew being genuine, you know, like people. Yeah. That. Um, so I, I don't know, man, like I, I don't know if you saw, like I posted a picture of myself looking like an idiotic lumberjack back like a month and a half ago, my best post to date. Like I just thought, oh, this will be funny. Some of my financial planning buddies will laugh at this and it freaking blew up. And I was like, this is hilarious. Like the dumbest, most idiotic, like 
pictures of me are like, and I, I, um, I'll have a client most likely this week signed because of that um, post. Like it, it's, it's wow. just, um, and another one or two who, who reached out and was like, Hey, I'm like interested to hear more about your service. I'm like, okay, who knew? Like just being like, uh, I don't want to say I'm a normally an idiot, but I kind of like, I'm just normally a fun loving guy. And yeah. it turned into um, things that I didn't expect it to turn in, into, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just being goofy and being yourself, it, it pays dividends. Yeah. I mean, and, and LinkedIn and think about it, it's a professional networking site. So if nothing else, I can say that my marketing strategy uh, will be memorable because it's not going to be the typical like seven steps to open up a 401k. Like you can Google that and, um, or you can go to any other financial advisor and they have that information. So what makes me unique? What, like, I want people who I want to go and have a beer with, right? Like if, 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 if they can laugh at my stuff and and I like, we can get along, like those are the people I want as clients, right? right. Where would my life be if not only do I love my personal life with my wife and kids, but I love my clients. Cause I'm like, this is just feels like just old college buddies hanging out and, and they're paying me to, and, and I'm giving them even more back in return for just, you know, the, the, the true financial planning parts, but we can have fun doing this. Like, why not? You know? Yeah, no, that's so important because you're, you're loving what you do, which is going to make you want to do it more. And everything in turn will just, you know, spiral upwards, right? Because you you're genuinely engaged, having fun in, in helping these people. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, think about it in your own life, right? Like, the people that you know are are you see you see and you're like oh those, those people like seem really funny or they're like cool to hang out with like you probably want to hang out with them so even right. if it didn't turn into a direct business i bet you there's some people that i could think of right now that they may not ever use me because maybe they're already using somebody or they're doing good enough on their own um but if they've got somebody else i could see them like telling their buddies about me over the their own financial advisor that they've had you know what i mean like just because the it's 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 more fun, right? <laughs> no, totally. And how how do you define success? Maybe it's in your role, maybe it's in your life, but how do you define it? Hmm. Deep question, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I it, there's so many ways to define it, and I to me, I've been focusing a lot more on just continually growing. And, and I know that again, I, I keep going in these cliche things, but it, it really is like, I'm never going to be perfect. Um, I honestly don't know. I don't think I ever want to be perfect because perfect is probably a boring box that I've been in too, too long in my career, but I do want to continue to make progress. I do want to make sure I see gains. Um, you know, I, I, in the last seven or eight weeks, I've challenged myself on the physical side and I was at one of my highest like weight points. I, I, I jokingly say I, I put on some baby weight when my wife was also pregnant, but <laughs> I, I kind of challenged myself to do things differently. Um, and just in the last seven or eight weeks, I've lost, um, set roughly seven pounds wow. and like people that see, saw me before they're like, Oh, you're skinny. Like, but your, your level of what you think in your head is higher than anybody else's. Right. So like, yeah, I might've been skinny, but I also knew I, I started to get a gut, you know, I could kind of feel the thing, like, a, you know, the, the midsection. So, um, I I'm challenging myself to continue to, to do better and not use anything as an excuse. So you heard me say, I have four kids under six and I don't, I'm not always good at this, but I try very hard to not 
use my kids as an excuse because you see all these successful people, the gurus always, and no offense to anybody, like the younger crowd that doesn't have kids, like right. things significant can be significantly easier. And, and that's even with a grain of salt, right? I don't know what you're going through. You might have a sick relative or, or somebody that just a mental thing that you're trying to, you know, get through. So everyone's got their thing, man. Um, so to me, success is just powering through fighting, man, every day. Cause do that. I have some dark days. Like right. my sales set me up well for entrepreneurship. Cause dude, the highs are higher than my sale, like the best sales I ever made. And the lows are worth like, I've cried more this year. I've had, I've used more emotion, um, just in general this year than I ever have before goods and bads. Um, and, but just keep, just keep showing up, man. Like it's, um, it's tough for sure. And it's not, I think sometimes I feel like people think I'm doing better than I am just because they see the, the social media side of me, but I I'm just like everybody else. And I'm going through some shit just like everybody else. Like that's one thing I've learned this year is every person I've talked to has a story and I'm not, I'm not here to judge, man. I, I hope people don't judge me uh, for, for certain things. And I certainly wouldn't judge them, especially on the money side. I hate when people think that I'm going to judge them for doing something with their money. Like, no, man, I'm, I'm here to help. Like we all need help. Right. So totally, totally. And look, I know you mentioned that having four kids might not be an excuse, but it it, it is a pretty, pretty good excuse. I mean, you're going through your own things mentally, you know, physically, emotionally, um, you know, life is hard. You're starting your own business, right? And I'm sure you've got family, friends who are going through troubles. They probably place a little bit of that stress on you. Um, that, that's life, right? And then also you're, you're the rock for, you know, four kids and a wife that you have to keep a loving relationship with. It, it's a lot to, um, it's a lot to manage all at once. And, and a lot of people aren't going to see that they'll see your social media side. They're not going to notice that, oh, right after you posted that you went and you hung out with your, you know, two kids, you took them to get ice cream, whatever it might've been. And one of them had a temper tantrum. You got three calls, you know, whatever it might be. So there's, there's definitely, um, definitely a lot of different aspects that you're not going to get to know somebody just from LinkedIn. Um, everybody's going through it. So yeah, judging people is, uh, it's tough. And I think that a lot of people just decide that they can because they know exactly what's going on in everyone else's life. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that last question for you before we wrap up here, um, and you might've kind of touched on it already. Uh, and I know you have, but what's your, why, why do you do what you do? Why did you start your own business? Um, what makes you who you are today? Yeah. The, the, when I said earlier about like what I wanted to name my firm, um, my kind of number two was something in the realm of like freedom, choice, power, financial, um, something along those lines. And I, I, but I did like it because, it um when you have space in your financial side of things uh you you have more freedom to have more choices and makes you feel powerful um which is they can be you know feeling powerful um, can be a very powerful thing and a very yeah. changing thing in, in every facet of life um the why to get to those though is 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 100 through family um, you know, and, and that's something I still struggle with, right? Like I, I, I'm dude, I'm like, again, I'm a normal guy. I am obsessed with this damn thing. Yeah. Uh, there are days that I legitimately, my wrist hurts by the end of the day. And it's, I, I, I'm like, I'm like ashamed of like my, my kids were trying to play with me and I'm on my, my damn phone on LinkedIn, like try. And I tell myself, well, it's to get business. It's to get business. And, um, that's something I candidly need to work on, uh, because that my family is my why. 
And I can't kid myself and tell myself these, these lies that, oh, like I'm doing, I'm doing this business thing for the family, but then in the same breath, like tell my five-year-old to hang on a second or go play somewhere else or get away from me because I'm busy trying to get business. Like it, it's, um, it's a struggle, man. Like it's, um, again, I'm not, I'm not any better than any, I'm probably way worse than a lot of people. So that's something I'm, I'm working on, but yeah, man, family, family first and foremost. Um, and, and it's it, the, the freedom, the choice, the power that gets me to, to, um, hanging out with my family and being able to be the person I, I truly want to be. So it's a uh, baby steps, man, a long way to go, but, um, progress over perfection for sure. <laughs> no, I love it. And I think that, uh, look, every time I hear family come up and the why it just makes me happy. Cause for me too, I mean, that's the same thing. That's, that's why I do what I do. And so, um, as we wrap up here, I'm going to go ahead, I'll put your LinkedIn down below, but is there any other ways that anyone, if they want to reach out to you, they should contact you. LinkedIn is probably the, the, the easiest I'm, I'm on it every day. Um, and it's where I share most of my content. I do have a blog on my website. I think I hit it the other day. Cause I'm like, I started it. And then I kind of like, I, I don't do it as much as I should, probably should. Um, so LinkedIn is probably, probably your best bet. Okay, perfect. Well, Michael, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciated your time. Yeah, Paul. Thank you.